Hello, I'm saxophonist Yolanda Brown and welcome to Series 4 of LPO Offstage. It's so lovely to have you here. Today we're recording in person a real treat at the home of the LPO, the Royal Festival Hall on London's South Bank. And we're kicking off this series with a very personal topic, one that's close to my heart, parenting. If you have a family, how do you balance that with being in an orchestra? Well, I'm joined by violinist Ninka Hilkemer and clarinetist Tom Watmo. It's great to have you both here, Tom and Ninka. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Now, Ninka, can I start with you? Um, You have children. How old are they? And were you in the LPO when you had them? I have a boy of 11 and a girl of nine. Well, I've been in the orchestra for seven years before we became parents. So, yeah, a little while. It looked like a a big challenge. (laughs) So it was a bit of a mountain to climb, I think. And Tom, was it similar for you? you, Did you have children before you joined the orchestra? Yeah, um, my first daughter was born while I was still a freelancer. So it was 2003, so she's now 18. And she came along in my first marriage to an opera singer. Both um, musicians. Yeah, both musicians, yeah. Yes. As my... My current wife, my forever wife, if she's listening. (laughs) And so, Tom, what was it like for you having your first daughter and also being married to a musician? Well, my wife at the time was uh, all over the world, fulfilling various contracts in Japan and uh, Germany and Australia and so on. And it was my responsibility to look after our toddler for some of it. Her parents did a lot of the work, but um, I had to take off big chunks of time from the orchestra I was in at the time to be there. Uh, and so would you be able to tour with her or would yeah, you be at home? I toured with her and so I spent a lot of uh, lonely weeks in uh, Munich and so on. Wow. And what was that like then parenting away from home as well? Some of the places I, I really enjoyed being. I, I enjoyed all the time spent in Amsterdam. If you were away for a long time with a, with a toddler, you know, you can't really have many meaningful chats so it get a bit dark sometimes. Yeah. And how much time would you have been away? Was it weeks? Um, or? Over, there were a few cents of uh, six weeks wow. in um, Australia. For me as a musician, it was really important when I made the decision to be a parent that I wanted to have my family with me as much as possible on the road. And from having my first daughter, we used to take her everywhere with us until she started school and even most recently just six weeks after giving birth to Adelphi, my, my two-year-old, she's now two, having to go on tour to Australia and taking both girls, a six-week-old, a six-year-old, my mum and dad, my husband, and a full nine-piece band all the way to Australia, only to get two weeks through the tour and then the pandemic hit, and having to stop the tour and fly everybody back home into lockdown. It was so difficult. And, you know, having really pushed to get on tour and bring everyone with me and be there for the audience, only to have to stop halfway through. I mean, do people in the LPO take their family and their children on tour? Is that something that can be done? Well, some people do. Have you done anything? I think you haven't. Not really. Well, maybe once we tucked along on a two concerts in Spain. But, it, it, you know, it's one of those things that sounds so romantic. And in practice, it never works out because, well, lots of reasons. The kids have their commitments in school and, and somebody needs to be with them as well. If you're staying on stage, you have to have another adult with you. So, yes, I've I've dreamt a lot and it has never happened. And it's, yes, very difficult. But I I know people have. And is it definitely something that you would have to organise? It's not something that the orchestra would 
have input on as well? No, that's something we would organise. It's yeah. work and family. Yeah. That's good. It's good to understand. <laughs> what were you going to say, Tom? Oh, nothing. I'd, I, all I'd say, I, I said, I'd never want to take my family on tour. As <laughs> 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 I, I love them. Why is yeah. that? I have to say that. Um, well, I want to spend time with the lads. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard about I've heard about the tours. I know, I know. Yeah. That, and think what happened then once you had decided to take the plunge, start a family. Talk about the nine months of being pregnant. Were you were still touring and and active in the orchestra while you were pregnant? I was quite active until well, well maybe six months of pregnancy. Yes, I remember a tour and trying to fit in my concert clothes in New York. And having a giggle about that backstage. But no, I, I wasn't one of those hardcore nine months touring uh, uh, <laughs> mums to be. Not in the last place because my firstborn was born prematurely. So that would have been a disaster. And so then when you finally did take the time off, uh, were you able to get maternity cover from the LPO while you were away? Yes, the orchestra has really been very understanding and supportive. And that's actually it's quite interesting because... It's so easy to take that for granted, but if you go back 30 years, in those days it was a completely different story. And um, if you hear of colleagues then, um, first of all, the struggle with sort of the acceptance of mostly male colleagues uh, if a woman was going to have a baby and try to work at the same time. But obviously there was also no no support financially, no, no, and, and yeah, no maternity leave in those days. How much Uh, time were you able to take off then or did you want to even take off? I had a lot of time off. I had nine months off but some people decided to come back much earlier. But yeah some of the stories of like 30 years ago especially women there were of course very much fewer women in those days in the orchestra and the normal thing to happen would be to resign from your job and and look after your kids. But thankfully, we had a few women paving the way, not doing that, staying here and playing in the orchestra. I know of a story of a single mum who gave birth and was in the Glyndebourne pit four days later playing Onyegin. Yeah, in those days, it was the pioneer mums of the orchestra had to sort of prove that it could be done. I think the mummies and daddies now in the orchestra are uh, very much benefiting from that. Um, Oh, thank you for sharing that. Uh, And so being married to a fellow musician, what is it like for you both parenting together, knowing both of your backgrounds, but then bringing up a beautiful, beautiful girl? Well, things have changed quite a lot for us in recent times since a pandemic struck because my wife was... uh, played the bassoon in Phantom of the Opera. And then, of course, everything, they were all sacked. And um, so she lost her job. And since then, she's had to, she was very good that she retrained very quickly as a classroom teacher. Uh, It was incredibly impressive how she just got on with that. But there are things she obviously misses playing and things come in now. Now the freelance work is uh, starting to pick up. I think it's my job to be understanding and, and say, no, you must take it on. You need this for your for your soul and, and so on. Doing what I do, I understand that she, you know, I will encourage her to do that. But uh, there are certainly some things I don't miss about her doing the, the West End show. If there was even an evening that I was in, that would be had to have to be one that she was out in order to make the numbers up. 
uh, for her. So we were ships in the night for a few years. So I'm quite glad she doesn't do that anymore. Absolutely, yeah. Musician partners do end up being ships in the night, really, don't they? So you have to work, and the work is in the evening, and that's that's how it works. So my husband is a wind player, and uh, I think it really helps to have a fellow musician as your partner because of the understanding, obviously. In my case, he works in a school during the day as well, so I couldn't have done what I'm doing in this job without without all his support and uh, well he's the best daddy in the world and uh, yeah so he really has helped me and helped the family make this all work and yeah absolutely couldn't have done it without his daily work and thoughts about the daily life. But it is amazing though I mean you know outside of parenting people don't realize the logistics that it actually takes to look after this little human being you know um, you can't just leave on a whim you have to forward plan and sometimes it does take time you know it really does um, so what happened for you then when you have to leave young children at home uh, did you have to engage babysitters or did, was your partner able to, to take um, take care of them how did you navigate that coming back to work after after the leave at Ninka? We try to have as, as few clashes as we can, but we also have, a, obviously, a, a babysitter who will be there when we do clash. And in the, in the early years, we had au pairs. This is something that's now really hard with Brexit. But, mm. yeah, we had Spanish girls and Dutch girls staying in the house because childcare is such a difficult thing for musicians because our times are so irregular. So it's, we don't need to have somebody every Tuesday morning. It can be any time of the day, any time of the week. So that is a very difficult thing to find someone for. And Tom, what did you do in, in your situation to look after the children? You know, at one point it was you, um, then further down the field when you had your youngest. What happened then? Well, there were difficulties that... Uh... And my wife, she's a bassoon player, um, and there were difficulties sometimes with in emergencies when a child's ill. What do you do then? Yes. So, yesterday, my my wife had to work. I had to work, and my daughter said, "Oh, I really don't want to go to school today." And you have to make a judgment what to do because yesterday morning there was nobody, nobody to look after her. Is she really unwell? And actually, she just didn't want to go to school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the we, have to, thing. Yeah. we have to have the radar yeah. on for those moments. So. <laughs> but there's a bit of panic there. Um, what do I do? It's a question of, I don't want to let everybody down. If, if I don't turn up, it's going to be a bit of a hole in it, in things and, and trying to sort somebody out at the last minute to play to play the piece that we're, we're performing tonight mm. is, uh, would be a bit of a, a nightmare for everybody concerned. Yeah, absolutely. Not least the person who has to step in and play this part. <laughs> so it's well, looking at. Of course. At. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, that's really challenging. And what about how it affects you sort of emotionally, if we can put it that way? I'm, I'm fresh off of a, a studio session last night where I thought I was going to finish on time and I didn't. And so I had to call my parents who were looking after both of my daughters. I've got a two-year-old and an eight-year-old. And uh, the eight-year-old now, obviously, once they get older, we're moving out of toddler years now and they have an opinion and, you know, they have, uh, they understand the promises that you may have kept to them that you're going to pick them up or you're going to be at a certain place. And so, you know, I gave my apologies very graciously and 
met with quite a quiet, okay, mum, okay, you know, and feeling very, very bad about that, actually, and wanting to be there for your children. How does that feel? Because as musicians, it's not just the rehearsals and an evening concert. Sometimes it's a tour. You could be away for three weeks, for two weeks. How do you navigate that with your children, especially now that they're a bit older? Ninka. Yes. Well, emotionally, it's very difficult when they're very little because you can't really explain and they can't really say. It's more heart wrenching when they start to talk and they start to say, mommy, no, go or something. And yeah, in some way you, you sort of toughen up. They get used to it. You try to make it positive. I think we all meet as parents at the duty free shop <laughs> at the at the airport on the way back to to I to buy all the there. bribes yes <laughs> oh yes <laughs> try to try to get advice what to get now to make Rifling up for all the, the suffering yeah yes. chocolate legos anything Absolutely. you can get yeah <laughs> um yeah i would say for me personally my hardest moments emotionally are just before going on tour because it just feels like i'm going the wrong direction <laughs> but i have a great time once i'm there i have to say i think for many people it's also a little bit of a relief to have a little bit of time for yourself but it's the hardest part is on the, on the partner the, per, the person who stays at the home and let alone you know when something goes wrong in those weeks nothing can go wrong nothing on top of what is already a very challenging situation nobody can get ill and uh, you know all those things so it's a very uh, that's the trickiest part for me yeah um, we're all nodding like like bobbleheads right now. <laughs> Tom, share some of your experiences of, well, on both sides of the fence, really. You've been at home while your partner goes on tour mm-hmm. and also, you know, had to leave the children and go on tour. And I just want to add to that. I found by experience, it's, it's never a good idea to phone when you're on tour mm-hmm. to tell your wife what a good time you're having. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Advi- piece well. of advice number one. There'll be many on the way. <laughs> oh, it's awful. It's such a struggle here. You know, that's what you've got to say. You were talking about the uh, the uh, emotional thing about leaving children and so on. Uh, for me, the most difficult part of my life was um, my first marriage ended and I found uh, a four-year-old and trying to juggle working as hard as I could with seeing enough of my my daughter because we, we work so many evenings. So, so many evenings were out. And at that time, I was touring a lot as well. And so I, I had a house in Brighton at the time, but it, it became... A very cold and haunted place, and it still is every time I go to Brighton, because I've had this very lonely life there. Occasionally, with my uh, at the time four, five, six-year-old, but they were very difficult times emotionally mm. on us all. I think. Yes. Yeah. And how do you try to bring the family closer when those when those occasions happen? You know, because. Is it about bringing the children into rehearsal or bringing them to concerts or bringing them on tour? Was that ever an option? Or how did you keep your children close? I just tried to maintain as much contact as possible. I mean, most of that was over the phone. And very early on, I decided whatever happened, I would call every day, even if no answer or whatever. But I would would call her. And I'm afraid I still bother my daughter every day. Now she's 18. (laughs) She goes to the clubs and... Crikey. Just yeah, a quick phone call, yeah. yeah. Oh, Dad, what is it now? <laughs> but they love it, really. That presence, there's nothing like it. It isn't easy, you know, when we speak about emotionally, because 
those are the moments, a childhood, those are the moments you can never get back. And they remember what we do. They're inspired by what we do as musicians because it's a, a fantastic job and it's really, you know, evolving and interesting and there's always something new and a highlight to be proud of. But by that same token, you still need to be a parent, right? Mm. So, Ninka, what about physically? After having a child... How did it affect you physically? Did you feel any changes to how you play? Were you able to practice as much in those nine months you were away and then you're back in your seat? What was that transition like? I think still as a as a mum coming back to work, you very much feel that you want to prove that you're the same person. Of course, a lot of things have happened, but that's your personal life. And I think I was quite determined to be the same player to have the same level of commitment, of playing, of everything, and, and try as much as I could to leave home life at home. Yes. Of course, you know, there are moments that that's just impossible and in your head, but that was a, yes, strong wish and that I think a lot of parents have because it's, it's your life and it's your thing and that's what you've worked for all your life. That's your identity as well. So you don't want to suddenly be the mom or the daddy. And it's a relief as well after having had a baby to come back and to be your old mm. person again and to express yourself in that way. And you feel even more gratitude for having that mm. life as well. So I think determination to still be the best despite all the challenges that there are. And did becoming a parent change you, Tom, in either the way you play, the way that you interact with your fellow members in the orchestra? Or was it kind of, no, I'm coming back to my job, let's carry on as normal? I don't think it uh, it could possibly affect dads as much as it affects you, you mums. <laughs> I think, like every moment, you just have to get on with it, don't you? And this, these are the cards you're dealt, and you, you've got to do it. You know, <laughs> step up to the plate and all that, even when things are difficult and come in bleary-eyed with no sleep. And I do remember <laughs> in the early days, I, I used to ride a motorbike and uh, I used to go everywhere on it. But I do remember after one patch when Grace was a baby, being so exhausted, riding along the motorway, falling asleep and banging my head on the petrol tank, coming straight up and looking ahead going, Okay. That was close. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are those moments, right? There yeah. are those moments that just put you in check. I'm glad yeah. you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> so what about practice? You know, we've done some amazing episodes here on LPO Offstage, really getting to understand the musician, what it takes, the dedication, the preparation, the practice. How was that affected by now having uh, a wee person in your, in your family? Are you able to practice in the same way, Tom? Not quite. I mean, my children, they've got more understanding as they've got older, which is good, that I have to shut myself away for a bit and make horrible noises <laughs> that really disturb everybody. Yeah, they've got a lot better understanding. But the whole thing about practice, I think I'm trying to teach them something. Certainly my youngest, who plays the violin and is progressing quite well, she can see how hard I work. I want her to understand that not just for the sake of being a musician, but for everything you do in life, you need to persevere and keep going and work, you know, with discipline and uh, routine. 
I'm quite hard on it, I think. Perhaps a bit too hard. I, I don't know. In what sense, in terms of putting the time in? I want to understand the importance of playing scales. That's the one thing. <laughs> and scales are so dull for kids. I try and make her understand the point of them, but she's nine and it's, uh, she'll, she'll understand one day, I hope. Does she respond well to your advice? I should put it that way. <laughs> no, no, good. It's, uh, it's for the same reason that uh, I suppose they say that you shouldn't get your parents to teach you to drive. Yeah. She's not very... <laughs> she can be quite confrontational when I suggest something. <laughs> Absolutely. But do you see a love in her of music, though? You know, is there, like, a natural affinity that you can just... You can see it happening? I can't see the love yet, but what I'm hoping is the same spark will happen to her that happened to me, which is she'll hear something and she'll it'll be something that she she knows, she's familiar with, and... And she'll realise that she loves it and she'll want to hear it. And that'll be the driving force that'll move her on. I don't want her to be a musician if she doesn't want to be one. But being a musician, it's uh, opened up a whole world to me. But for one thing, travel and friendships and interesting people. I love if, you know, she was given some something of that. Yeah, that, that's yeah. beautiful. And Ninka, tell me about your personal relationship with practice and continuing to hone your craft, so to speak. And then how does that rub off on your children? Well, I agree with Tom that I think it's nice if they see that, and good for them, they see that these valuable things need practice and discipline and that those are skills for life, whatever you're going to do. Yeah, they've always seen it and I shut the door and they have to do their own thing then. <laughs> I mean, obviously not when they were really little, but <laughs> they don't love practicing. No, not at all. Do they play um, music? Yes, they do. My eldest is doing really nicely on the French horn and piano. How old? Um, he's 11. Nice. And uh, my daughter plays the oboe and the piano. My daughter absolutely hates practicing. <laughs> How old is she? <laughs> She's nine. But because they're wind instruments, I've arranged it quite well, I think, because my husband is in charge of them, of the practice there. So... Um, so how does it feel for you as a professional musician to see your children have that relationship with music? Is there, you know, that inside, deep, deep in your heart, is there something inside that just thinks, oh, that's lovely that they've, they've started on that path? Does it give you some sort of satisfaction? I hope they will always love music. I have no idea what they're going to do with it. I, in some way, hope they're not going to become musicians because it's, you know, a very tough life. But I do hope they've always carried with them. It's nice that the, the element of music, that you can always have it with you. It doesn't have to be a profession. My eldest was really put off being a musician by having two busy parents, I think, who were often away. I'm never going to be a musician. And she'd say, because you and mum are always away and, and stuff. So I think it was quite tough on, on her. And it's a real shame because she has... Out of all us, I think she's got the largest natural talent. When she sings, it's absolutely beautiful. Always beautifully in tune and gorgeous sound. And yeah, and she sings all the time, in just around the house and so on. It leads me to ask you for a bit of advice for anybody listening that either has children and they're working musicians and maybe, you know, dealing with the struggle or they're sitting there listening to this podcast because they're planning on having children. Is there any advice that you would give prospective parents about being a musician and having a family, Ninka? I would wish on anybody who wants to have children to have 
grandparents around. <laughs> that's the one thing I really missed, not having our parents in this country. Of course, that's not really advice, but that's just a wish for that situation to be there because that makes it so much easier and, and nicer to have your family around to share things with and obviously a big help with childcare as well. Yeah, it's a good position to be, to have have your family close by. I've never had it, but um, I know people do, and I'm very, very envious of what that mm. allows them to be able to do yeah. with the late nights and the early starts and so on. Yes. And what advice would you have, Tom, as a working Don't musician? Don't do it. No. <laughs> yeah. You always hear yeah, that no, one. No. Um, <laughs> if you're having children, you're, you're a bit nuts anyway, because if you've thought about it hard enough, it's, it's insane to bring in them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but we do it anyway. <laughs> it's uh, true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's amazing to hear your experiences, how you've overcome the challenges that parenting can bring and just to know that there are joys within it as well and that both of your children have got relationships with music, whatever mm. it may be. It's really lovely to hear. So thank you so much for being here with me today. It's lovely to speak to you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Well, that's it for now from LPO Offstage with me, Yolanda Brown. Thanks so much to Tom Watmo and Ninka Hilkema for sharing their experiences of having a family while being a busy orchestral musician in the LPO. Please do get in touch using the hashtag OffstagePod and thank you for listening. Do join me for the next episode of LPO Offstage where we'll be chatting to LPO artist-in-residence, the violinist Julia Fisher. See you then. 